Keynesian policies gave us high debt, inflation and weak growth. The evidence from the last 30 years is clear. Keynesian policies leave a massive trail of debt, weaker growth and falling real wages. Furthermore, once we look at each so-called stimulus plan, reality shows that the so-called multiplier effect of government spending is virtually non-existent and has long-term negative implication for the health of the economy. Stimulus plans have bloated government size, which in turn requires more dollars from the real economy to finance its activity. There is evidence of a displacement cost, as Daniel J. Mitchell points out. Rising government spending displaces private sector activity and means higher taxes or rising inflation in the future, maybe both. Higher government spending simply cannot be financed with much larger economic growth because the nature of current spending is precisely to deliver no economic return. Government is not invested. It's not investing. It is financing mandatory spending with resources from the productive sector. Every dollar that the government spends means one less dollar in the productive sector of the economy and creates a negative multiplier effect. When society decides to use a certain part of the resources generated by the productive sector for non-economic return activities, be it social spending or mitigation of threats, it can only do it by understanding how much of the productive sector of the economy is able to sustain a larger cost. When costs are not considered as a burden, but considered as entitlements that can only grow, the productive capacity is not strengthened, it is weakened. The main problem of the past decades, but particularly since 2008, is that government spending and monetary policy have become solutions of first resort to any slump in economic activity, even if that decline was created by government decisions, such as shutting down the economy due to a health crisis. Furthermore, government spending increases and loose monetary policy continued even in growth period. This, in turn, creates an unsustainable public deficit that needs to be monetized or refinanced. Both mean a larger harm for the productive sector as the debt increase leads to higher taxes for everyone, but also a soaring cost of living coming from the destruction of the purchasing power of the currency. Government spending doesn't boost private sector activity even less so when the entire budget is spent on non-investment outlays. It is even worse when citizens believe that infrastructure or real economic return investments should be conducted with taxpayers' money. If an investment is productive and economically viable, there is no need to involve the government. At best, the government should only participate as a co-investor, as the example of technology and defense shows but never as a resource allocator for a very simple reason. Public intervention is always aimed at perpetuating the existing inefficiencies and maximizing the budget. Efficient resource allocation cannot come from entities that have a core interest in expanding the budget and always perceive any inefficiency or poor result as the consequence of not having spent enough. 
The past three decades have shown us that each recovery from a crisis is slower, with less productivity growth, weaker real wage growth and unemployment. This has coincided with the arrival of trillion-dollar spending and stimulus plans that balloon each time but never deliver a sustainable and productive improvement. That is why debt continues to rise and deficit spending is never truly eliminated. The answer from Keynesians is that government spending is the driver of economic growth and helps the private sector recover, while deficits and debt are just creating reserves for the private sector because one unit of debt is one unit of saving. Is it not great? Even if you believed this nonsense, what they are saying is that your savings are at the disposal of government and that all private activity is at the service of the public sector, not the opposite. Government spending consumes capital. It does not create it. As such, government spending must be seen as the last resort option, not the first one. When it becomes larger and too big to curb, it simply consumes more capital through taxation and inflation. Government spending needs to be seen as a service provider, which needs to limit its activity precisely to avoid the destruction of its own clients, citizens. Like a business that provides a service, it may go bankrupt if the service cost is unaffordable for its customers. The intrinsic negative aspect of government is that when the service cost exceeds the affordability of the private sector, the ones that go bankrupt are the agents of the productive sector. Higher government spending finance with rising taxes and weakening of the purchasing power of the currency is just a form of nationalization of the private sector. The reason it is an unwise decision to increase government size in a crisis and perpetuate it in growth times is because it does not suffer the results of the bad policies and the weakening of the economy. Some services may need to rise in a crisis, unemployment benefits or health care, but prioritizing is what an administration should do. There is no such thing as an administration if the members perceive that everything must be solved by spending and taxing more. The economy's capital is being swallowed by a rising government that always blames the most productive for not contributing enough. Every single unit of government spending is paid by you, with more taxes, more inflation or both. All government excess makes you poorer. The government does not give you free money. It gives you expensive destruction of your options for a better future. Constantly rising government spending is not increasing choice, freedom and economic prosperity. It is a slow nationalization of the economy. When inflation and stagnation set in, Your dependence on government will be such that you will not be able to complain and will only hope that government will absorb more external resources to compensate you. And it doesn't happen. We all understand how bad a monopoly is. Now think about uh, what a government monopoly is because it has, on top of all, the negatives, the power of repression and coercion. <laughs>